2: To this week's edition of the Spurs show. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Loads to obviously talk about this evening. The extraordinary match uh, the weekend against West Ham. uh, Our first Europa Cup game uh, on Thursday against LESK of Austria. And then we've got our first Monday night game uh, next Monday away to uh, Burnley. Joining me tonight, Matt. Delighted to have both these these guys on the show. Um, I'm sure many of you out there love buying your Spurs books, and these two have collaborated on the incredible Tottenham Hotspur: The Complete History. Our first guest been on the show many many times, talking about in many many of his his wonderful books. Please welcome back Adam Powley. How are you, Adam?
1: I'm very well, Mike, and thanks again for having me uh, back on the show. Delighted to be here. Uh, uh,
2: all, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And this next man, I I, I I'm embarrassed that he's never been on before. Uh, if it wasn't for this man's books, all those uh, live show interviews I've done over the years with Jones, Dyson, Greaves, Chivers, Gilzean, Jennings would have been appalling because I've used his books to, to scour uh, facts, goals, uh, incidents with his wonderful, I mean, how many editions of Spurs, the complete record, the Who of Tottenham Hotspur. He's also the man behind Tottenham Hotspur, The complete history as well. Please welcome Bob Goodwin. How are you, Bob?
0: Very well, thanks. Nice to be here. Um, Pleased to make my debut at long last.
2: Yes, uh, wonderful to have you. Uh, Just very quickly, uh, because we always ask people making their debut on the Spurs show. First game, first Tottenham game you saw live?
0: January 67, Burnley at home, 2-0. Nice.
2: Very, very good. Do you remember the scorers? Jimmy Greaves, Cliff Jones. (laughs) I knew you'd get that right You'd be very embarrassed if you of all people have forgotten (laughs) Uh, That's great Never forget (laughs) Exactly, Well, we're going to talk more about the book Tottenham Hotspur, the complete history uh, in the second half of the show uh, because it it deserves some time but uh, we've uh, unfortunately got to talk about uh, uh, another extraordinary capitulation of White Hart Lane uh, against West Ham Adam, at half time Cruising three nil. Did you really see that happening?
1: Uh, unfortunately, yes. I'm afraid I saw it. <laughs> what a diehard! <laughs> <I saw it. laughs> Bitter experience. I, I, I envisaged that happening after 16 minutes when we were three nil up. Um, look, it's it's. We should never have lost that game. You know, we were in, we played really well first half, at least going forward. Um, I thought West Ham were good. I thought they were decent. I thought they had, you know, even when they were three nil down, they, they hadn't been out of the game. So that was always in the back of the mind that, you know, they get one and, and, um, they could well get back into it. Uh, the fact that they got their first on 82 minutes, even the most panicky of Spurs fans <laughs> would have thought, like, well, we've still got this in the bag, surely. But no, no. Somehow they managed to um, pull uh, not quite defeat out of the jaws of victory at the at the last minute, thanks to some pretty inept defending all round. Um, and it's just a concern. It's... Um, it, we look great going forward. You know, we look really dynamic, and really it's, incisive, and it's it's a joy to watch to see that. Under great to see under Mourinho. Incredible to see under Mourinho, and something I never expected to see. But um, for whatever reason, we we still look wide open and vulnerable. Um, it seems to be that the. The general strategy is to this have this low block and to kind of defend leads and invite teams onto us a little bit, which is fine. You know, if you've got that as a as a strategy, that's fine. But you you have to be able to deliver on it. And I'm afraid we haven't got either the personnel, the setup, or whatever the reason is, where we can defend leads. And mm. you just thought, as soon as that first goal went in for him, oh, this this could get messy here. And Unfortunately, that's what happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, Bob, it, it, it does again come down to individual errors. I remember under Pochettino, we went through a phase quite early on in his managerial career when we were giving away a lot of last minute goals and he talked about mental toughness. When Jose came in, we thought well, the first thing he's going to get sorted is the defence. But statistically, he hasn't. Um, I don't think we've got the centre-half. We're all kind of hoping we get in the uh, transfer window. That aside, this, what could he do to stop these individual errors that are costing us key goals? Well,
0: it's extremely difficult to stop the individual errors. Um, it, it's got to be down to the manager to, to pull these players to one side and along with the coaches... Um, drumming to them what they should and shouldn't be doing. Mm. Um, I, I think, as as too many people are fond of saying, um, Sunday's result was very spursy. Mm. Um, 15 minutes, so I thought that we played um, extremely well, if a little fortunate. I think, what was it, scored three goals with three shots. Mm. Um, unfortunately, what I, it seems to me that we are then content to defend. Um, yeah. I remember Bayern Munich last year coming to White Hart Lane. They're 3-0 up. They want to be 4-0 up, 5-0 up. That's how we should be uh, mm. at Tottenham Hospital Stadium even. Um, we we don't seem to have that, that mentality. It does seem to be, well, we've got two or three goals. We'll sit back and hold on.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the thing is, though, Adam... Um, Jose Marini at Chelsea was quite famous for going two up, three up, closing, closing, closing up. And that second half, we, you know, we we let West Ham get back into it. Yes, Kane hit the post. Yes, Bell had a a, a good chance. Maybe should have scored. That aside, I don't remember us creating many more chances. It's almost like we kind of thought the game was won, which is <laughs> all us fans know. We're not a team that, that can do that, especially thinking about, you know, improving our goal difference. We were like second in the league, and this is amazing. But we did kind of, as you mentioned before, at the top of the show, we kind of do this low press, and it just it just doesn't work. And, and we've still got those players in defence, Aurier uh, obviously being one, Sanchez being another, uh, Winks who made an error, you could argue, for the equaliser, who still have mistakes in them.
1: Yeah, and I think that what's concerning about that is that you know, as a lot of people were identifying, those three goals that West Ham got you arguably could be put down to individual errors being made by individual Spurs players. That would be kind of understandable and you could you could kind of gloss over it a little bit if it was in isolation. But it keeps on happening. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, if you if you set your team up to sit back and invite the other team onto you, then there's more chance of those individual errors cropping up and being exposed. Um, so I'll to be honest, I'm, I'm not in favour of, of scapegoating and pointing mm. at individual players. All right, you know, they, they've got their responsibility, yeah. but fundamentally this is down to the people that, that run the team and manage the team. And either Mourinho is not saying these things to the players or he is saying to them and they're not listening. Either way, that's a bit of a problem, but it's a problem that he's got to resolve.
2: Yeah, I mean, Bob. I mean, you know, it's an interesting point there. But surely, of all the coaches, I mean, you know, everyone talks about how he his attention to detail is meant to be incredible. This isn't a. This is these is not errors that just happened in one game, two games. There's many games last season I can point to. Even his first game, if you remember, with three up. Went to 3 2 West Ham. Bournemouth, I think, uh, again, we let them in. It's happened a few times. Uh, Newcastle, even this season, one could argue. So this is a, a recurring theme, isn't it?
0: Well, it is. And I, I, if I knew the answer to it, um, I, I'd probably be the manager. Um,
1: <laughs> Bob, the manager, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I won't say I could.
1: uh,
0: No, Um, I. I don't know what the answer is. I don't think any of us know what the answer is. There there are certainly weaknesses in players. Um, I think there's a weakness in attitude. Um, We should not have been hanging on in the last minute, um, Mm. hoping that West Ham were not going to equalise. I I expect more from Spurs. I expect. I expected more from Mourinho. He has got a reputation, as you say, one or two goals up, and we'll then sit back and defend. Um, Mm. I don't like that. I don't think Tottenham, um, as a club, or with with the history of the club, would want to play that way. Mm. Um, But he is in charge. They're they're hopefully doing what he tells them to do. Mm. Um, And um, it's also, it's not only Mourinho, there are other coaches there as well. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I'm, I'm not sure... Do any of us know how much input the others have in, into tactics and and everything?
2: I'm not not too sure. I mean, the other the Adam. I think the the reason why us fans are so frustrated is we all got carried away. Well, a lot of us did after Man United result. And when you see our attacking prowess and the moves and uh, the movements uh, as we attack, we kind of think, my God, if we can just show up at the back, we are absolutely In with a chance of the title. And I don't say that lightly because that's how good we are going forward. And you look at the goals and the assists at the moment Harry Kane, Homin's son, incredible stat, Harry Kane. He's now one more goal. To be in the top ten of Premier League goal scorers of all time, Uh, I think he's on 148 goals. Les Ferdinand is just ahead of him on 149 goals. Michael Owen is then on 150. Uh, Les uh, played about 350 games. Michael Owen about 320 games. How is that? He played 200. I think it's about 215 games. I mean, it's an incredible stat. His his goal scoring is incredible.
1: It is it, just amazing. It's his all-round play, how he's come on as a player. Um, you, you know, he, some of the things that he does in those games, you could say, well, he's definitely our, our best striker. Uh, he's definitely our best passer of the ball. And occasionally you think, mm, he's actually our best defender as well. Well, that block. Um, that block is just block. incredible. incredible. Yeah. He, just, he just looks like the kind of player you know, I've done a fair bit of work with Steve Perriman and, and mm-hmm. Steve, one of the key things that he's always said is about that penny drop moment for a player that when they get to a certain age based on certain experience and, and now sort of playing the game is that they get it, they get how to play that game and I can see exactly what he means with Harry Kane because you look at him now and it's almost like he can do anything he wants to do within the bounds of physical possibilities and you know it just range of passing, his Mm -hmm. reading of the game, his awareness um, you've got that with him playing at the peak of his powers and I think actually you've got it with Sun as well so Mm -hmm. having those two in combination is just fantastic, we do look potentially like that when we're on the break um, that we can score almost at will, um, that gives us a lot of hope that that form is going to continue. And yeah. with Bale coming into the side, and if he stays fit and he's in form,
2: then it's kind of like mouth-watering to, to, it, for that as a prospect. It, it, it is uh, absolutely, Bob. I mean, I mean that, that the the first goal, Kane's pass. I mean, it was it was Hodlesque. It really was like watching Glenn Hoddle, nineteen eighty-one, look up and play an extraordinary pass over the fullback, wasn't
0: it? It's amazing what that number 10 shirt does to people. <laughs> um, exactly. I, 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 to me, Harry is he's the most complete all-round footballer that, uh, that I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Jim, Jimmy Greaves is, is now and always will be, even putting aside the uh, rose-tinted glasses, the greatest striker that we've ever seen. Um, but Perry is up there. I, personally, I think he's better than Martin Shivers was. Uh, his all-round play, his, did you say his passing? Um, I love the way that when he shoots, um, his shots go just inside the post. Mm-hmm. He's aiming for that 6, 12-inch space, and he, he can hit it. Yeah. Um, and so many of his goals come like that. Mm-hmm. Um I love his courage. He he will take the ball. How many other players on the edge of the box would have tried to to put the ball through Declan Rice's legs? Oh, what a number! Uh, and then through another. Such, yeah, quick feet,
2: I mean, he, such quick feet! Yeah, go carry on, carry on, Bob. Yeah. No,
0: no, I, no, I, I, if I keep praising him, um, he'll get big-headed. Um, <laughs> he, he is, uh, he is to me. Uh, he he's the. The most attractive feature of of watching Spurs, Um, you know, as we said, the passing, uh, the one on Sunday was superb, but you almost come to expect that now. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he makes those passes out to the overlapping full-backs, or wingers as as they used to be called. Um, He does it without even looking. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, um, he's superb.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other thing again, the the man of the comeback, Adam, has sort of kind of blurred the performance from certain players. Obviously, Son and Kane, fantastic, but I, I have to say, uh, again, I thought Tang and Dombele... Is getting better and better. I thought Reggion looked really good. I thought Toby Alavel. Don't forget that was his uh, first game back since the opening game of the season. I-, I thought he looked good as well. There was, despite the the, the you know the, the cock up at the end, some really really good individual performances there, wasn't there?
1: There was, yeah, and there, there's lots of encouraging signs, and um, look, you know, as, as regular sufferers will know that I'm no fan of Mourinho exactly, but I think we have to take into consideration that this is a pretty much reshaped site. There's a lot of new blood, a lot of new players, and um, he has only been in the job a year. Um, I still expect to see some sort of discernible improvement in our defending, but that's, that's another matter. But I think generally speaking, there are good signs of progress, but there's obviously signs of, of where we need to improve. But yeah, I totally. Um, Uh, agree with you there on on what's happened with Ndombele like he's with things that were going on last season and the the whispers that were in the press and actually some of the statements which were right out there in the media you kind of think well his days are numbered there's no way he's going to play under Mourinho but it's really encouraging to see how um, he is playing now um, that's down to management that's down to the attitude of the player whatever else is going on behind the scenes the fact that he's starting to produce and he's starting to last games and actually like when he went off is when we started to to slip further back, and you can say, arguably, that that was almost a game-changing decision. But look, you know, if if he continues to prosper, that's a good sign. Hopefully, that will happen with the other players that have come into the the squad and into the side as well. So it's not a disaster. You know, we're we're doing okay, but it's just so frustrating that we, in what as you say, is a very open league, we could be in a much stronger position.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on from the West End games. We've got so much to uh, cover tonight. Uh, Just to remind you out there, on Thursday we start finally. It feels like we've played about twenty games already. Europa League group stages. We're at home to LASK of Austria. For those of you people like my little sort of Pracya, for those of you interested, they're fifth currently in the Austrian league. uh, That uh, LASK stands for Linzer athletic sports club uh, from Linz uh, founded in 1908 uh, ground 6000 capacity but they are playing the Europa Games at the Linzer Stadium holds 14,000 they were the first team in Austria outside Vienna ever to win the Austrian League back in 1965 they actually won the double that year and probably their biggest result ever was in 85 86 season they beat into one 0 in the UEFA cup uh going out the next round they've had a lot of insolvency problems At the end of the 90s they went under they demoted to the austrian second division uh came up again in 2007 they uh nearly went under again in 2012 um so i mean Bob, I mean, again, I mean, when I I look back at your many books, I love going through your European, uh, you know, all the the European lists of all the the teams we played over the years. This is probably one of the obscurest teams Tottenham faced in a long time, isn't it?
0: Almost as obscure as the uh, the first two matches this year. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful to you because I, I've learned a lot more about LASK uh, in the last thirty seconds than uh, than I learned in the previous sixty years. Um, I, I, I know uh, I know absolutely nothing about them, uh, which is is it, perhaps terrible. Um, but they are clearly a, a very small club, um, and we should. Um, handle them quite quite easily. Um, whether we will um, may depend on um, who we put out. Is he going to is he going to put out a, um, a full strength team? Um, are we going to see people like
2: Vicinius coming in? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Adam. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I I don't. Imagine we will see probably Bale getting a proper run out at least start of the game. Vinicius starting, Harting goal. Um, I mean, our second string should be strong enough to beat uh, this Austrian team, shouldn't it?
1: Should be. Oh, it shouldn't be. And definitely. And I think as well is that with the uh, the recruitment that's gone on. Um, the squad has for the first time I think in a long time got a lot more depth to it yeah. uh, and there is competition for places so it's it's that kind of cliche is that players from the so-called second string if they they do make an appearance it's not just for appearance money it's that there's something actually at stake here um, you know they need to grasp the opportunity and I think that can only be healthy for the for the team and for the club so yeah looking forward to see a few of those playing I'd really like to see Delhi Alley playing yeah um, I think that was, I was that was one of the best results that we had on transfer deadline day when he didn't move.
2: I agree.
1: Um, I'm a big fan. I know, I know there are issues. I know he's out of form, and I know there are uh, worrying signs maybe about his future at Tottenham. But I'm really glad that we've hung on to him, and I'm, I'm really earnestly hope that he gets to play and and he really impresses and kind of forces his way back into the reckoning, really.
2: Yeah, totally agree. And then Bob, uh, next Monday night. Um, live on TV, we play Burnley, uh, a team that haven't had uh, a good start to the season. I think they drew, didn't they draw yesterday West Brom, which is their first they point. Know. We know, we know how many times over the years have we gone to turf more and, and, and had very, very tough games against Burnley. haven't we?
0: Oh, indeed. They're, they're a club that's uh, got a great tradition, and they always seem to, to pull out something against us. Um, it's a very, very hard place, and they're a, a really well-drilled team. Um, I, I almost think, what would Deitch do with our defence? You know, he, he's to me the type of man who could come in and improve it. Um, and he's he's done a fantastic job up there. Um, they're they're not the the most attractive team to watch, uh, but they're damn difficult to play against.
2: Yeah, they're absolutely right. I mean, hopefully Eric Dyer obviously missed the last game. I'd imagine uh, they'll try and get him right for uh, next Monday. Um, Are you saying Dyer and Sanchez or Dyer and Alderweire? I'd, I'd go Dyer and Alderweire. I think Sanchez, uh, too many individual errors. And he's a sort of player that I think, you know, Cold night and burn, burn on a Monday night in Burnley. I'd, I'd rather have our most experienced players out there personally. Um, right, just before we go to the break, uh, Bob, quick score prediction for Thursday night and then next Monday against Burnley.
0: Ooh, um, three, one. 3 1 on Thursday,
1: um, 1 all on Monday.
2: Ooh, 1 all. Adam, what do you reckon?
1: Yeah, I'll go uh, 3-0 against the the mighty Lask of um, Austria. And then um, I'll go for uh, a 2-1 win away at Burnley. I think away, we're good.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go 4-1 on Thursday to Spurs. And I'm going to go uh, 3-2 at uh, Turf Moor. Well, look, um, let's have a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk uh, more about Tottenham Hotspur. The complete history. Back in one second. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen... Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from after the break. Um, bits to pieces. Um, unfortunately, our, our next Spurs Show season ticket event uh, that we were going to have a Martin Chiv is, uh, well, it's going to be actually tomorrow. Obviously, we've had to uh, cancel that due to current uh, guidelines. As soon as we can, we'll be ramping up our wonderful Spurs Show season ticket events. You can uh, still sign up at season.spurshow.net and then you're able to come to all our monthly events as soon as we can start them uh, don't forget for additional premium Spurs show content including uh, daily Spurs news show match reports, interviews with ex-players and much more, go to patreon.com slash Spurs show why not try it for a month and support the show right, um, as I said we, we mentioned this book, I think back in last December when uh, I was first very kindly given uh, a copy by uh, Toby at VSP Publishing, uh, Tottenham Hotspur The Complete History is a beautifully produced collector's edition box set of two books, which represents the most extensive historical record of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club ever produced. The luxury presentation case contains two beautiful coffee table books, Tottenham Hotspur for the Illustrated History and Tottenham Hotspur The Complete Record which has been written and compiled by award-winning editorial team, uh, obviously including Adam who's on the show and headed up by the renowned, so delighted he's on the show tonight, Spurs historian Bob Goodwin Bob, when did you get approached because um, I know at the moment it's still only available in the Spurs uh, shop um, when did you get approached to kind of update the um, The Complete Record, which obviously you've done many editions before. When when, when did you get the the nod, as it were? Um,
0: I would guess offhand that that was probably about uh, 12, 18 months ago. Right. Um, Not long after um, the White Hart Lane book came out.
2: Yeah. And Adam, when did you um, when did you then get asked to 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 work on it? How how did your involvement come about?
1: Well, it was very. Kindly asked by uh, the guys at VSP. Obviously, like we've done a, a lot of work with before, yes. Martin Cloak as well. Just to mm. just to sort of um, help contribute to the to the projects, really. Um, and I didn't need a, a second invitation because it was the chance to to work with Bob um, directly. Mm. Um, you said it, and, and I'll say it as well. And I'll embarrass Bob now, but he's he, without his work, it's it's any of my work would been nigh on impossible. He's yeah. just the, the go-to man and you know his publications are the go-to publications for anything to do with Spurs and um, mm. It's not just the accuracy of the historical data, uh, which is utterly comprehensive and exhaustive and you can look up anything and everything about Spurs mm-hmm. and you'll find it in Bob's work. It's also, and I think this is really telling is his feel for the subject matter. Clearly Bob's a fan, uh, but yeah. he understands football. It's not just dry numbers. He understands the heart and soul of the club and he he takes its pulse and he can write about it and evoke it and bring it to to readers, so um, we're on the end of a phone line, but I've got the opportunity to tip my hat to Bob and and thank him for all the work that he's done in the past because... Yeah, I mean, I totally agree.
2: I had for many years Spurs the Complete Record, the edition that finished in 1992. So when I started interviewing players post 1992 I go to this book go, oh no I think you Adam, was someone sort of said no, there's a later edition, there's a later edition I'm scouring eBay, scouring the book depository, trying to find this book which I eventually did, so when I then found, nah, no, this now goes beyond, this goes on effectively till you know, l- probably last season now um, so delighted, how much when, when you sit down Bob and go, right 1885 or you know whatever you start with where do you go where do you go originally to to, to find all this information did you kind of have to scour older books or is, is there some go-to place that you know is going to be 100 percent correct um
0: I, I i'd love to say that i just rack my memory for the 1882 <laughs> days um and some people some people say i probably do um but uh, I, I, I must say, it was two and a half years ago I was first approached to do this, not 18 months. It just shows how time flies, especially when you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Um, when I, 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 I first got interested in Spurs history, when I was still at school, right. um, I, I read the books. But the one thing I, I did believe in um, was you go to the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many mistakes that have been made over the years. I've made loads of them. Um, <laughs> there are the mistakes in other books. Um, the best place to find out any information I found was the British Newspaper Library. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I used to spend days up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did. You you got. You had fantastic journalists in those days. Um, you could sit there. Read a match report, and you could see the game taking place before your eyes. Mm. Uh, these days, with television, every match being shown, all you get are the after-match quotes from the managers. Um, but, but that was—that's the print always been my principal source of information.
2: Mm. Yeah, no, it's very, very, interesting. And Adam, I mean, you know, there's obviously, as we said, the complete record, which has been updated and compiled in even more detail than some of the previous complete records. I mean, again, one of the last pages of, of this version is like Tottenham in penalty shootouts. And I was, and I, you know, you kind of remember we are awful at penalty shootouts. Then you see the actual black and white record, you go, yeah, we are, generally, <laughs> you know, things like that. So, there's a couple missing from there, I've got to tell you.
0: I must admit, there's a couple missing. Oh, really? Okay, fair well,
2: um, but, um, I But mean, that side, the, the, the other book, the illustrated History, now, as you know, you've been involved with so many of them, there's been so many incredible coffee table books about Spurs in recent years, The White Hart Lane, uh, Spurs 61. I mean, there's been so many. Um, what do you think? this just for people who now want to go out and get this what do you think the illustrated history book gives people that maybe is lacking in some of those other brilliant books
1: i think it's it's a lot of it is its extent um you know it, it is that complete story so when some of the other books might have focused on some particular team or era or 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 kind of like subject area around the club um this one covers everything and more. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's beautifully presented. You know, the, the guys at VSP, um, they've done a fantastic job as usual in in its design um, and the look of the book. You know, the illustrations are absolutely superb. And it just feels, you know, if you can get it in your hands, it feels like a, a weighty piece of, of quality, quality product, uh, both mm-hmm. inside and out. Um, but like I say, it, it, it's not just about Bob's... Um, incredible recall and skills of research in getting the the facts right what comes across really strongly is like his understanding of the club and you know he might not say it so I'll I'll say it for him and embarrass him but he's he's a damn good writer as well Mm. so um, that's what comes across it's that perspective and understanding and insight into the club so that you get that not just the complete historical record but you get that complete feel for the club as well.
2: I mean, what I liked about it, and you know, I know Julie Welsh. You know, been on the show many times. The wonderful official biography. This is obviously much, much bigger, and and as you mentioned, has some extraordinary pictures. What one of the features I liked in the illustrated history book was the sort of the key games. So you had, you know, whether it be the nineteen twenty-one Cup Final or whatever. You it, it, the the size of the book allows you, the writer, to go into more detail about individual games that maybe just might be a a paragraph in another book. Would you think that's fair, Bob?
0: Oh, indeed! Um, everything that Adam said about VSP is, is spot on. Um, the, the guys there. There's one chap in particular, Doug Cheeseman, who yes. uh, I'm not sure what they called him. Doug is absolutely superb. Um, he's done this. He's done three or four others, um, and he's just brilliant. He comes up with some wonderful ideas, um, mm. and he he puts them into practice. Um, in in the complete record, um, he decided that we should have a colour coding for the substitutes and stuff. Um, incredibly difficult to do. Um, but he had the patience and the skill to do that. Um, and I, I tip
1: my hat to him. Um, yeah. The, the I'll, others. I'll, yeah. Sorry bob I'll, I'll echo that as well, yeah, because you know Doug's worked on a number of books that myself and Martin have, have put together with VSP as well, and Doug is another one like he's he's brilliant at his job as a designer, but he's also um, diehard Spurs fan, and he gets it and and he brings that understanding uh, into all the work that he he delivers for the books and you know the the books would be half but, what they are, um without his input and without his his eye for design, and also fantastic eye for an image and photo. Doug's got a brilliant, brilliant grasp of getting that single image that complements the the content, and he, and he's very evocative and descriptive in its own right.
2: Yeah, for those of you, I mean, you mentioned about getting the book in your hand. For those of you who might have remembered or been lucky to leaf through the famous Spurs opus, we're basically talking the two books together are literally that size. I mean, it's incredible. It's £80. It might sound like a lot, but trust me, it's worth it. And with Christmas coming up, if you've got someone of your family, like many of you listening, that's absolute diet hard, or people who have to collect every book, that comes out about Tottenham, you won't be disappointed about this. It's it's a kind of book uh, that we passed on, hopefully, generation to generation. It really is wonderful, uh, and it. Well worth doing, and it's at the moment, only available at the Spurs shop. So I assume you can get it online, Spurs, or go into the shop. Uh, and I know uh, behind the desk there is a copy that you can leaf through, probably white gloves, uh, uh, and and have a look at this book. And it really is really is fantastic. Uh, Bob, any um, any kind of part of Tottenham histories that you found most difficult to sort of write about, and, and, and make sure that everything you write presumably it's going to be the early days, isn't
0: it? It is the early days. Um, often said how I would love to have, uh, to have been around uh, sitting on top of that lamppost or uh, <laughs> in the houses in Park. Um Park. Yeah. Yeah, it is quite astonishing. I, 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 I think to myself, why is it that... that oh, I know why there is no record of the, the matches in the early days. We have been extremely fortunate... In that the the kids who founded the club, um, they did write uh, records yeah. down. Um, we've got the accounts from the very very first days. We are extremely lucky. Um, there are other clubs who have nothing like that.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, we had Michael Matman on a, a month or so ago. Bobby. Buckles' grandson and uh, his grandmother obviously did take a lot of uh, notes really early on that you kind of think most teams, most you know young boys clubs starting up wouldn't even think about, so we are very, very lucky Adam, any presumably that's for you also is the sort of the holy grail of, of match uh, sort of, um, you know, fact finding that early period as well or is there another period in your history that you seem to be more 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 interested in?
1: I, I think, in a way, kind of like regardless, like what uh, time period it comes from, is it, that there's there's always new stuff coming out, um, and yeah. you'd be amazed. It's it's you know, give an example of of written and research before about um, Alexander Tate, Sandy Tate, terrible Tate as he was nicknamed, um, <laughs> you know, linchpin of the 1901 FA Cup winning side, and a real kind of like key figure in Tottenham's history, um, and subsequent to. Uh, researching and writing about him, um, you get things like uh, his descendants, his family descendants got in touch with mm. the club and then who very thankfully steered in, them in my direction. So I'm in yeah. touch with the now... With them finding out more about this character who's kind of like central to the Spurs story but we don't really know that much about yeah. um, you get that you know God bless the internet because anything that, that goes up now people are able to respond and able to get in touch with you so that's what I really like is those kind of personal stories that emerge uh, around the kind of headline events you know be that players or people that work at the club or of course supporters you yeah. get that, that kind of insight and feel which just develops and furthers our understanding and, and love for the club really.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that's what again comes across in this book and, and a lot of the books that you've both been in, involved in, it's it, it's it's not it's the absolute love that comes through for a, a club that was, was so dear let's face it, it's a major major part of all our lives and everyone listening at home, this club really is a major part of, of all our lives. Bob and Adam, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight I uh, Please, please both come on the show uh, uh, later on this season. Next week, we've got Pete Hain, uh, another one who who really knows his history from the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. Andy Linden, the the, the dulcet tones of Andy Linden. And Lucy Jones is also on the show next week. Theo Delaney is in the hot seat. Uh, Until the next time, thanks for listening and come on you Spurs. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got ninety seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called "What Has He Said Now," and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports
1: Social Podcast Network.